Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it.
just as God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the Hebrews are the guys in the story of, in the stories of Moses. Hebrews were nomads, which means they would they would travel. They didn't have a settled place. Um, but as they began to settle in Judea, and the tribes of Israel kind of came together and settled, they began to be known as the Jews. And, and that referred to their location, just as the Egyptians came from Egypt and um, the Romans came from Rome. So, so that's why they, they began to be known as the Jews. So God appeared to the Hebrews in many names. And he did that to show who his character, to show some of his character, and to show who he was. And he gave many names to give a really rounded view of who he was. And this was way, way, way early on. God, God hadn't, hadn't had time to prove who he was. He hadn't had time to show them who he was. He just had to tell them, I am Jehovah Jireh, which means I'm going to provide. Um, and later on, in, in the Hebrews' journey, his names were proved. He would, he would prove to them. He would provide for them. He would give them all that they needed. He, he would say his name and he would prove it to be true. And frequently in, in the Old Testament, there were 12 names of God, the most common being Yahweh, um, which it basically means I am. Um, and when, when God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, Moses was like, well, who am I going to say sent me? Because I can't say it's Pharaoh sent me or King whoever. God said, tell them that I am Yahweh has sent, has sent you. Um, another example would be El Roy, which means God who speaks. In Genesis 16, 13 to 14, um, Hagar's in, in the wilderness with Ishmael, and he appears in that story as God who sees. He saw her plight. He saw um, Hagar, and he saw Ishmael, and he intervened. Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Genesis 22, 8 and 14, this is where God provided a lamb for Isaac in replace of Isaac. So Abraham's gone up the mountain, he's had the word from God, he has to sacrifice his son. And he builds the altar and God speaks again and says, you don't need to sacrifice your son. And then Abraham's like, well, what am I going to sacrifice? And God provided, he provided a lamb in the thicket. So as it's Mother's Day, we're going to look at one name of God. That God, that, that God revealed himself to the Hebrews. And that is the name El Shaddai. So keep your Hebrew hat on for just a moment. Because scholars are split down the middle. And this is Mother's Day, so I'm not going to get involved in arguments. Because the mother, I'm like, don't stop. But scholars are just split down the middle as to, to what this name means. And there's an argument amongst those that are really clever that says this name means God Almighty or God the All-Sufficient One. But if we think about it in the context of a Hebrew... So, so you're a little nomad Hebrew, an ancient civilization, and God appears as El Shaddai. Um, it would mean something quite different to you. And the scholar Schofield said that on every account it is to be regretted that El Shaddai was translated as Almighty, because he felt that we miss out on such a wonderful attribute of God when we don't embrace all of the names. So the literal translation of El Shaddai would be the breasted one. And in Genesis 17, 1-8, this is how God appears to Abraham. He appears as El Shaddai and he ratifies the covenant he made with him. And Abraham at this point is 99 years old. He's childless, his wife is old and childless. And God was saying to him that, I am God. 
I will provide. I will do the miracle. I am the satisfier, the all in the all. I am the father and love of God. I'm the only one that can provide this promise. I'm everything. Um, the name El Shaddai also kind of refers to enriching and fruitfulness. Um, Hebrews 11, 11 and 12, it says, Because of faith, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age of it. Because she considered God, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, there have sprung descendants, whose number is as the stars of heaven and as counts as and innumerable as the sands of the seashore. So God is the giver of fruitfulness, too. And sometimes he chases to produce fruit. And all of you nurturers in the room, you know the value of discipline. John 15.2 Any branch in him that does not bear fruit, he cuts away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit, to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So in God, when we feel pruned, it's a really good thing. Because it means we're fruitful, and it means God's at work, and it means he's nourishing us, and he's providing all that we need. And it means we can be bigger, brighter, bolder and we can bear excellent fruit. And as a Christian, that's kind of that's what we want, because by your, by your fruit, that's how we should know you. But God uses his vessel. So, so God provides all we need, and he is the pot with the soil. He has everything we need. But God does use his vessels. Um, we are his hands and feet on this planet. And as a Christian and as an adult, God uses the nurturers within the church, within the kingdom. And we've probably all had a point in our, in our lives where we've felt that nurturing from a Christian lady. And she probably wasn't the person who brought us into the world. And some of us have like a mother-shaped hole in, in our view of God, in our understanding of God. And by expanding our view of God, we receive richness and fullness. And I would love that on this Mother's Day, we would, we would allow that part of God that, to be interwoven with all the other attributes that we assign to God. And maybe it's a new way of us relating to God. You see, I know it's been fruitful in my life when I really dug into who is God. So to Kate Blanchard, who had God proven himself to be? I've known him to be quite I've understood and I've received and I've lived with that revelation. I've known him to be comforter, to be counsellor. I've known him to be powerful and to move mountains in my life. I've known him to be healer. I've known him to be friend. I've known him to be discipliner. I've known him to be my father. But I needed to allow him to be my mother. I needed to allow that hole to be filled by God. And for me, that was transformative. And that was so transformative. When I encountered God as, as El Shaddai, that, was, that changed my view. Especially as I became a mother. See, there was a time in my life where I thought um, being married and having kids, I thought was a hindrance. So I decided when I was like a teenager, really passionate for God, I was like, right, I'm going to conquer the world for Christ. Maybe when I'm probably about 35, I'll settle down. I'll put my calling on the altar as a, as a good martyr, um, and then I'll pick up the cross of being a Christian woman. 
And that's, that's how I viewed it. Um, boy, did God have to bring some healing and some revelation. Because that, that's, not how, that's not how God viewed my life. That wasn't the calling that he put on my life. His calling for me was the absolute opposite of what I thought. And God only ever asks us to be who he's called us to be. And he only ever asks us to do what he's called us to do. He doesn't ask us to look at our neighbours, look at our friends, look at our peers, and go, well, they're doing that. I want a bit of that. No, God requires that we are who we are. We are who he's created us to be. And we just do what, what he asks us to do. That we work our patch to the very best of our ability. So I needed El Shaddai. I needed to know him as someone who would scoop me in his arms with his with um, the ability to nourish me, to hold me, to look after me, to change my heart and my thinking. Because personally, I related to God in a, in a quite a masculine way. I very much have that strong sense of father, and um, that connection was was very masculine, and, and I needed to embrace this part of God's character. So God had to change my values, and I had to understand that, that in creation, mothering is as, is as valuable as fathering. I didn't have the balance right. I, I would see one as more important than, than the other. And now, I count it a joy and a privilege that motherhood is part of my identity, naturally, but also spiritually, and also I receive mothering. It's like this cycle that goes round and round and round. And I don't reject that feminine aspect of my spiritual walk because I've understood that God doesn't reject that part of who he, who he is. Because creation needs a balance, otherwise it wouldn't function. So as a mother, I know that God hears and understands the prayers and the cries that I had as a mother. Even if I just don't But that's the point. God gets it. God is neither man nor woman, but he, but he gets it all. He has it all. And ultimately, God is our mother and our father. He is our all in all. He is our everything. Part of God's expression in humanity is motherhood. And we are the vessels. Nurturers typically are really good cultivators. They use all the tools they have at their disposal. And nothing gladdens the heart of a nurturer more when they see that flower, they see that fruit, they see that bloom. So in your pots, when you, when you see that, that lily spring forth, it's like, oh, that's wow, that's amazing. And to partner with God in that way is phenomenal. But God, God looks at us, God says, will you partner with me? Will you, will you water this plant? Will you, will you cultivate it? And how wonderful that we can share in, in the glory of his creation in that way. So, You've got your pots, you've got your plants, you've got your labels, and um, today I'd like you to take a moment and think, think of a name that you'd like to write on that label. Maybe as a nurturer yourself, you want to write your own name um, and just acknowledge your role on this planet as a nurturer and your value as a nurturer. Maybe you want to put your own mum's name on the pot and give it to her as a gift. Um, maybe you want to put the name of, of some woman in your Christian walk who at one time or another has, has fed you or has fed you spiritually or has just provided God the rain and the warmth and the sunshine that has helped you along your Christian journey to be the very best version of yourself. 
So whatever you choose to write on the label, and there are some pens that are being distributed. Write it on the label, stick it on the pot, tie your ribbon on, make it beautiful, um, and, and do what you want with the pot. Either plant it at home, give it some water it needs it, give it some light, um, or give it to somebody. And if you can't give it to someone, call that person today. Just say, actually, I just want to say hi. I just want to acknowledge the input you had in my life at a certain point. Um, and to all you nurturers, of whom this room is full, um, just feel a bit of honour today at the role you play. You're God's, God's expression of motherhood in the earth. Um, and keep being it. And happy, happy Mother's Day to you all. Thank you. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.